Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. We are gathered here today for one reason. Now, you might wonder what that one reason is. Need a suntan or some extra vitamin D? The other spot was too wet, so here we are. Where's the regular preacher? Who's this goofball that they called in at the last minute? When you think about it, there is one reason why we are gathered here today. There is one reason why you would take time out of your Labor Day weekend to be on the Ashland Golf Club. And that word, that reason, is love. Now, if we polled everybody who was standing here today and asked them to give us a definition of love, we would probably have a different definition, a different variety from every individual here. You turn on the radio and you hear all kinds of things. Love is strange. Love is blue. Love is a battleship. Love is a many-splendored thing. Well, I'm here to tell you today that love, are you ready for this? Love is a sacrifice. Love is a sacrifice. The Word of God for you today from the epistle of love, 1 John, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. This passage from 1 John 4 does not specifically mention marriage. It is all-encompassing. It talks about love in general. And there are three words in the Greek New Testament Loosely or roughly translated, that mean love. The first one is eros. Eros. It's where we get our word erotic. Yeah. I don't know if you drove through Waverly. Is that building that shakes a little bit? Is that still? That's the kind of love we're talking about there. And that's not love at all. That's something very selfish. That's something very self-centered. That's, I care about me and nobody else. That's not the word that's used here for love. 
There's another word for love, philos. It's where we get the name Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Now, if you guys really, really like each other, that's a nice thing. It's a nice thing if you're like best buddies, best friends. That's philos kind of a love. That's an added plus. But that's not what this Bible reading from 1 John 4 is talking about either. The word here, and almost everywhere where that word love is used in connection to Jesus, the word is agape. Agape. Agape love is sacrificial love. Agape love thinks of someone or something else before it thinks of self. Agape love sometimes costs. Agape love sometimes hurts. Agape love is a sacrifice. In this section, 1 John chapter 4, it starts by saying, Let us love one another, for love, agape, is from God. Everything that is good and decent and right in this world begins in the heart of God. Now, imagine the love that you two have for each other did not start the first time you saw each other from across the room, the first time he did some romantic thing, when Cupid's arrow hit your heart. None of that. The love that you have for each other began in the heart of God. Your love and all love your love is cosmic, otherworldly. To think that God, the God who created the universe, the God who put all the stars in place, brought the two of you together and created the love that you have for each other. Now, I don't know about you, that's mind-blowing. God did it. God brought you together. God promises that he'll keep you together. As amazing as that is, it doesn't stop there. God in his love brought you together and created the love that you have for each other in your hearts. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His Son into the world so that we might live through Him. God not only talks about love, God does not write songs about love, God does not talk about love in general or in theory or some platonic idea out there. God puts love in action. Because of our sin, and our inability to love. Our world, our relationships, everything is a mess. Because of our inability to love one another as God wants us to love one another, we rightly deserve to go to hell. And that's when God put His love in action. He sent His Son 
the second person of the Trinity, the eternal word, the eternal logos. He sent his son into this world, God in the flesh. Not only to give us an example and to teach us what love looks like, God in the flesh to demonstrate true love. Love is a sacrifice, and that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus took all of our unloving words, all of our unloving thoughts, all of our unloving actions, all of the world's unloving thoughts, words, and actions into himself and onto himself. As he bled and died on a Friday, we call good. Good for us, not so good for Jesus. Jesus died, really died. Stone cold dead died. His dead body was placed into a tomb. And it appeared that love had lost. But the grave could not hold Jesus. Love burst forth even from death. Three days later, Jesus, who was dead, is now alive again. Never to die. And that love... That perfect life, that obedient death, and that glorious resurrection. That love cleanses us from all sin. What Jesus accomplished with his Good Friday death and Easter resurrection, he delivered to you in the waters of holy baptism. Every time you hear the word of God preached into your ears, every time you eat and drink his body and blood in the Holy Supper, Christ is filling you with his love. When you find that maybe you're not as loving as you could be, or as you should be, you don't need a 12-step program. You need more Jesus in you. Because the more Jesus that is in you, the more Jesus will stick out. Not only as husband and wife, but in every relationship that you have. At the end, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected, made complete in us. Love perfected. Love made complete. Maybe you've seen a, a sports movie from a few years ago, the whole uh, show me the money movie. Uh, yeah, Jerry Maguire, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a line in that movie that I am absolutely sure is drawn from this section of Scripture. There's a scene early on in the movie where there are two hearing impaired people in the elevator and they are talking back and forth to each other. And Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise, is like, what are they saying? What are they saying? She said, you complete me. And it's almost a throwaway line. It goes over his head. Jerry Maguire wants to love, but he doesn't know how to love. Jerry Maguire is surrounded by love, and yet it eludes him. 
He has lost almost everything. And he witnesses toward the end of the movie the sacrificial love of a wife for her husband. The show me the money guy, his wife says, yeah, I don't care about the money. I just care about my husband. So what does Jerry Maguire do? He runs home. He runs back and all the women are gathered around in their living room complaining about their men. Happens more than you think, guys. <laughs> Finally, he gets to have his say. He goes through this long, long confession, testimonial of his love. He had her at hello, but at the end, he says, you complete me. You complete me. The amazing thing about what God is doing here, the same God who created everything, God is bringing the two of you together. Tyler, as good as you are by yourself, Caitlin makes you better. She completes you. You know that. Every guy knows that. <laughs> Caitlin, as good as you are by yourself, Tyler, as crazy as it seems, makes you better. He completes you. And the mystery and the amazing part of 1 John chapter 4 is that as good as Tyler and Caitlin are as a couple, Jesus Christ makes you better. Jesus Christ completes you. He completes you through the forgiveness of sins. We got lots of time for everybody to give you their encouragement and their well wishes and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, there are five words that are crucial to your marriage. They're really crucial to anybody's relationships or marriages. But five words I want to give with you today. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. The most important words are not, I love you. I loved my dog. When he bit me, I put him to sleep. Sacrificial love means forgiveness. It means swallowing your pride and admitting when you make a mistake. It means saying the two most difficult words in the human language. I'm sorry. And then when one person has enough courage and nerve to say those two difficult words, I'm sorry, to respond with the three most difficult words, you'll be tempted to say, you should be, you big jerk. I forgive you. I forgive you. When you are able to live in that forgiveness of sins that flows from Good Friday and Easter, and that forgiveness overflows into your marriage, into your family, into your life, the blessings that God has for the two of you are limitless. 
So remember today, love is a sacrifice. God brought you together. God's love will keep you together. You know, it was uh, just over 43 years ago that my wife and I got married. And on our wedding day, you can see this little yellow piece of newspaper here. She cut that out and gave it to me. You see that? It's as true today as it was in 1978 with my white shoes and mint green tuxedo. <laughs> Two people sharing one heart. That's what love is. Two become one. Our creating God is creating right now. He says, let there be Tyler and Caitlin. And it is. And it is good. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds and lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. <laughs>